Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with a special edition of the Tim May podcast. You know what, though? Uh, awesome. I think all my podcasts are special in their own way, aren't they? Depends, on, all, your, depends on your definition of special. They're all unique. They're all precious. They're all treasured and wonderful. Precious. That's the best word so far, precious. But, uh, you know, we promised folks at the beginning uh, when I did my uh, podcast with uh, Greg Madison this week, I was going to come back and you and I were going to chop up a little bit about what, you know, just some maybe some afterthoughts of Pro Day, some of the guys that performed, et cetera. And, uh, and I appreciate you for joining me, Awesome, otherwise known as Austin Ward. But anyway, uh, you were supposed to comment after that, but you didn't, so that's okay. I'm glad you hit mute on that one. You know, the, to me, the, the play that stood out on that on that pro day, as we all know, was uh, Justin Fields near the end of his workout, uh, feigning a handoff right, rolling left, and as he was twirling in the air, throwing the ball 65 yards down the field to a speeding bullet known as C.J. Saunders. And uh, that's been replayed, I think, a million times. <laughs> no, but it seems like it on social media, YouTube, et cetera. Uh, it was definitely the highlight of the day in terms of wow, a wow moment. But as I told our my guest on this special edition of the Tim May podcast, if he hadn't run under it and caught it, you know, it would have been a, well, that was a pretty good looking pass. But, oh, my goodness, you know, you got to finish. But C.J. Saunders <laughs> – came off the mat, let's call it that. He came off the mat of his football career. You know, obviously uh, he was denied a uh, an extra year of eligibility last year, even though he had torn he had suffered the knee injury the year before when he'd been named captain before the season started. He was denied by the NCAA uh, an extra year of eligibility, which still, you know, he said he still didn't read the whole, the fine print. You know, I talked to him about it in this, in this interview, but, uh, you know, to see him have a day too, uh, along with these other guys, but especially CJ to show that there's still football in his life. That was, that was uplifting, wasn't it? It awesome. was awesome. Yeah. Um, and you're welcome for joining you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if CJ Saunders doesn't catch the ball, then that's not a highlight that's played a hundred times. It's just somebody who can throw the football a really long way. Uh, being a quarterback means that you complete the pass. Uh, so CJ Saunders and, uh, you know, Johnny Dixon, both guys who are trying to, you know, fight their way back in the league, making catches out there. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State didn't have senior wide receivers. So, you know, you had Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams out there running routes and, and helping out on a pro day, which turned out to be pretty cool for those guys. And, yep. uh, you know, that you, you feel really good for C.J. Saunders. I mean, you and I both do. We spent a, a lot of time talking with him and uh, have followed his career a long time. And, you know, he had to you know, he had to fly down there, you know, you don't just get to, you know, the point of that, you know, play for Justin Fields was to show that he could escape pressure. So he's not going to stand around and just wait for somebody to be 65 yards away. You know, CJ Saunders had to run his route. He had to make the catch. I know that we're going to talk way more about Justin Fields, but that part, that's going to be cool. You know, for the next month, you know, who's the guy who caught that pass? Well, should we be, should we be looking at him? I mean, CJ Saunders is almost certainly not going to get drafted, but, this might be an opportunity for him to have made an impression that allows him to go into a camp. Um, and he's dealt with this situation before where all he needs is a foot in the door and then he can work from there. Yeah. Well, let's, without further ado, let's get to my conversation with CJ Saunders. One of, one of my favorite people, you know, 
I know I've got a lot of favorite people, but he's one of them, man. He's on that list. And so is Johnny Dixon for that matter. But uh, uh, let's get to my conversation with CJ Saunders and we'll come back and chop up a few more things. And as promised, ladies and gentlemen, I've got the surprise. I've got the surprise performer from the Ohio State Pro Day 2021. And no, I'm not talking about Justin Fields. That was no surprise. The, the show he put on was it CJ Saunders. How you doing, Tim? Pretty good, man. But that was no surprise what Justin Fields did on uh, on Tuesday at Charles Pro Day, was it? No, he had a great day. I think he was really – I mean, that's what he's been working for um, ever since kind of that, that last national championship game. Um, I was really impressed with his throws, made a lot of throws across the field. So, yeah, he had a, he definitely had a good day. Yeah, but uh, let's get right to the brass tacks while I've got C.J. Saunders on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, the lightning flash that showed up on, on everybody's screens yesterday when, when they were watching the OSU Pro Day. I think a lot of people had given C.J. Saunders up for – not lost, but gone, and uh, suddenly he pops up. He didn't get to play last year, even though he had uh, he had tried to get to play. He had applied for an extra year. Isn't that right, CJ? And uh, you were denied. Yeah, applied for a medical red shirt coming out of that 2019 season. Um, wasn't wasn't granted that, and then uh, just kept you know sticking with it, getting ready for this day. I got you, man. Uh, you served as a what basically a student student intern, a GA for one of another term with the football team last year with the wide receivers. But let's get right down to it. Uh, the climax of the pro day at Ohio State. Yeah, there were other things that happened after this, but this was the climax. The rest of it's called the denouement, I think, uh, in journalism or in, uh, in uh, what do you call it, novel writing. You run a little, kind of like started inside on the, on the move, went upfield, gave a little bit of a feint to the outside, and just ran as fast as you could to the left corner while Justin Fields rolled to his left and just sort of like a, like a whirling dervish threw the ball 65 yards in the air. Now, I think there might be a few guys that can kick, that can do the whirling dervish, throw the ball 65 yards in the air. Not a lot of them. But to make it a success, the guy running the route's got to catch the ball. Did you realize you were part of a major moment there, A uh, 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 for one of another term, a Twitter, YouTube moment there when you ran that ball down in the left corner? Yeah, uh, I'd definitely be lying if I if I didn't think, all right, this one's going to be the one. And we kind of knew that, you know, getting prepared that week is you kind of get together with Justin. We're kind of going through the script and you can kind of see, OK, here's going to be some highlight type throws that ended up how they ended up being. So, no, I'd be lying if I said, you know, definitely want to make this play. I think this is going to be the one that's going to be all over the Internet. So happy we're able to make it make it connect. In other words, there was no doubt you were going to catch it. Is that what you're trying to say? Because you did, you just, you grabbed a hold of that thing like it was a, like it was a bag full of money. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was, I wasn't going to let that one slip, man. Uh, is that ball's in the air? I mean, number one, why did, why did uh, Justin pick you for that particular route? Because I would, did, did y'all actually practice that during the week or during the buildup, or uh, yes. how did that, how did that work out? Um, so we, I mean, he didn't necessarily pick me. We had a bunch of good receivers. It just kind of ended up working out, um, a couple of guys playing to go on the right, on the right side. And then kind of your turn, there was a couple of routes that me and him wanted to work on and get together too. Um, so we were able to get that one and we hit it. Obviously when you're a week out, you can run full speed. And as you kind of get closer to a pro day or a game, you got to start, you know, easing back on the leg. So just kind of get some spot catches and in, in rehearsing that. So um, I'm glad that we were able to, like I said, super glad we were able to execute that play and then a, a good amount of work went, went into it. Well, I immediately, I was watching it on television because, you know, the local media, we, we weren't allowed to be in the uh, right. arena, uh, so to speak. Uh, they did have TV cameras there, which was great. But I've told you before we started this thing, it reminded me of Willie Mays running down the, that hit by Vic Wirtz 
deep in the polo grounds, the center field of polo grounds. Of course, he turned around and threw the ball back to the infield, but uh, you didn't have to do that. You probably still have that ball under your arm right now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I would if I could. No, I didn't have to do any of that. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was a funny comparison. Well, what stood out about it was, number one, how fast you were moving. Number two, you were running, like I said, you kind of like got an eyeball of where of where Justin was going to let go of the ball, and then you put your head back down and ran there, right? I mean, uh, explain to people the dynamics that are involved there of of running 65, 65 yards down the field at full tilt and looking back at the last moment and hauling that in. What what is that sensation like besides the wind whistling through your ears? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into it, um, and and as you're. I would say even me when I'm, I'm still going, I struggle at times. I think a lot of receivers, you, once you start, you're really booking it full speed. And you're going deep down the field and that ball, obviously, like you said, you see that angle. It's easy to let your head get wild. Your eyes start kind of, the ball starts shifting a little bit. You want to limit that as much as possible. So hopefully you can stay smooth. Like you said, you make that cut, whatever it was, and then you're just drive phase and you can stay smooth. And the biggest thing we've all caught a million balls before, but it's okay. Put it, Let's do it right now and, and keep your head steady, keep your eyes focused on the route and kind of just feeling out where you think that catch point's going to be. And it, it can it can turn in a hurry. And I think a lot of drop balls maybe because of that, especially yeah. if wide open guys drop balls, you, you still got to focus. If you, if you think you're there, take your eyes off it, take your focus for one second. That's all it takes. Those balls are coming in hot, especially 65 yards in the air. So I think the biggest thing is just keeping your head steady, keeping your arms moving, um, and then just trusting your hands as you get to the catch point. Hey, are you thinking at all? And I just asked you this a while ago, but uh, kind of like a different way. Are you thinking at all, man, you know, this, man, this is going to look good. I mean, are, are, you know, as you're running, because y'all, like you said, y'all practice in some respects, but this is going to look good, not only for Justin, but this is going to look good for me if I catch this ball. You know what I mean? Are you, or maybe you're not thinking that as you're running, but I would think you thought that before that play and you thought that definitely after that play, right? Tell me yeah. what your thoughts were. Yeah, it's that's uh, and I, I think that's a that's a valid valid thought. You know, I think we we were all there competing yesterday to improve our stock selfishly, and uh, thankfully I was able to help Justin look good by making the play. But yeah, like you said, he made me look good. Um, so yeah, I'm thankful for that. And yeah, I'd be lying if I said I mean that's the point of a pro day. And I think anytime you get in kind of an individual setting rather than a kind of the team or you're in normal season, if it's, it's something like yesterday, it's solely on you almost. So it's like, hey, here's what I got. You're kind of just trying to boost your stock and then show teams what you got. So, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't kind of like, hey, this would be a good moment for me and this could help me out. I was going to say, that's kind of like America's got talent. You know, you can have this great idea and you can you can do this great move. But if you don't, you don't finish the move, you, you don't make the cut. <laughs> you know, uh, and that, 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 that's what I was. I was just thinking that I said, you know, it takes two to tango when you throw a deep ball. And uh, uh, but, you know, the. CJ, did you have people coming up to you before or after? I'm talking about scouts, coaches, whoever, you know, somebody going, now, who are you? I mean, you know what I mean? Did, uh, did you have to kind of reintroduce yourself to the masses a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, um, I've said it a couple of times, some other stuff as I've been building up. I had some good momentum coming off that 2019 camp before I suffered my injury. Yeah. And so I was some, some scouts, a handful of them were familiar with me and, and, and were impressed with some pieces of my game. And then, like you said, it was kind of reintroducing myself. And, and that was my big goal. This, you know, this, this pro day was, Hey, here's what I got. I still got ball in me. I still got athleticism and stuff to show. Um, don't forget about me. Here's kind of, I'm still the player that you saw and were impressed with, you know, two years ago. So um, not a whole lot of, of communicating. Um, 
to coaches and scouts after the pro day. But I, like I said, I, you know, catch a good wind and, and coach Harline coming up to me and, you know, let me know, Hey man, you had a good, great day. And we kind of had a good conversation. So stuff like that um, leads me to believe that, you know, I left a good mark and, and did what I could. Yeah. I was going to say, you didn't just catch that last pass. You caught passing all over, all over the place. And uh, you know, I thought it was a good mix of you guys out there and uh, you know, not the least of whom, you know, Trey Sermon was out there running uh, routes out of the backfield, Garrett, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were catching passes. Who who else was involved? Uh, uh, were were Houseman and Luke Farrell involved in that? I'm, I'm trying to Luke Farrell out of a tight end set. We had Johnny yep. Dixon back in town. Yeah, Johnny was, Dixon was out there. Yeah, uh, and even Jamison Williams was out there catching some balls. So yeah, we had a, we had a lot of fun out there yesterday. Yeah, I didn't notice Jamison Williams, but the, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, yes, I did. You know, uh, uh, you know, d- d- deep in your gut right now, are you feeling like, hey, I've rekindled this? I've and, you know, like we were talking about a while ago, some more interest in you. But, uh, you know, I would think the toughest thing you went through was, number one, getting that injury. <laughs> in 2019, you're elected captain. You know, you are you stayed in there. You hung in there, bless your heart, you know, and became a leader of that team with that great speech at halftime of the uh, of the of the championship game, Big Ten championship game. You kind of carved your own little niche, you know, in, in a team, lower team history. And then you come back, you're wanting that next year, and you don't get it just – Give me some kind of feeling about how the disappointment you dealt with in both of those situations and then how you kind of feel like a rebirth or whatever you want to call it right now. Yeah, a, a, a ton of disappointment there in that uh, August of 2019. Uh, like you said, elected captain, having a great camp. We have a great team um, looking to win a national title that year with, the, with all the talent and, and great coaching we had on that team. Uh, wasn't able to participate. And like you said, stuck with it, man. I wasn't going to let that, um, you know, ruin that year for me yes I, I wasn't going to be out in the field but we ended up we still had a great year accomplished a ton of things big 10 title um obviously losing to clemson in, a, in one of the best bowl games um of recent memory um so you know that happens and then okay you know let's let's talking to coaches talking to trainers let's let's get this uh red shirt and let's get it again um and, and kind of you train that whole year with the team and went and went through winter conditioning you got summer condition obviously COVID happened so yeah switched it up but we you know worked out with guys and then you get that word back. It's like, hey, <clears throat> you're not going to be, you know, it's not going to happen this year. And at that point, it's kind of like, all right, you know, you have that reality of um, kind of that almost the, the last game of your senior year of high school or whatever it is. Like, hey, this is I'm not going to put on the scarlet and gray again. Um, so uh, definitely a lot of disappointment. But at the same time, I've always tried to keep a good head and just say um, at, at the, my goal had always been to continue playing. And I wanted to, to try to play in the NFL. And that, that was still that, that was still alive just because my day at Ohio State as a, as a player on Saturdays was done. There were still going to be opportunities like yesterday. There were still going to be opportunities to get around coaches and be involved in the game. And yeah. that's kind of all, you know, all I started focusing on, as well as helping the team with my role this year. Thanks to Coach Day and the staff for letting me be on on a part of that that journey. So, yeah, a ton of like you said, to answer the question, a ton of disappointment, but also. Uh, just been just been able to keep have a lot of support system and lead me in the right direction where I can keep my eyes. You know, hey, the goal is still there. Um, not going to let this define you. Let's let's see what else is out there. And I've been super thankful. And it kind of led to a moment like yesterday. And like you said, you, you hopefully get your name buzzing around again. Yeah, it ought to be buzzing. How does the NCAA or whoever it is let you know you've been turned down? Is it an email? Do you, does it, does somebody do they do they? I'm talking about appeal for another year. Yeah. 
is it an email? Do they send you a letter? Do they send a courier? You know what I mean? Is it by Western Union? You know, I don't even, I don't even know if you know what Western Union is. <laughs> I only use uh, it. I know what it is. Do they, do, they, do they alert you on Twitter with a direct message? How do they let you know? You think, no, it's uh, it was through our compliance staff, and that's kind of who handled everything. They, you know, they would send me the paperwork. Here's what you got to sign. Here, you yeah. know, fill out this. What's your, you know, what's the reason? Blah blah blah. Um, and then kind of let them handle it. And, and we have a great compliance staff. Ohio State is filled with the best people. And so that when that kind of got in towards that in the summer there of 2020, going into that camp, you know, just had a, had a talk with our, com, you know, head of compliance. And it was like, hey, here's the here's the memo we got back from them. Here's the message. And uh, it's not going to happen this year. Did they did did the message say you weren't hurt bad enough or <laughs> yeah you know what I mean how yeah. did, you know how, yeah. how, I guess what I'm saying is more than anything else how did they how did they explain themselves it wasn't a whole I mean I I I never personally looked at, at the at the you know email or letter yeah. whatever we got just had you know conversation with our with our staff members um, I didn't hear an exact reason it, it kind of would be interesting to know you know like you said is the injury not bad enough or whatever I didn't yeah. it, but. Yeah, it's literally, you know, through it now, and then I don't hold, you know, hold anything again. Oh, sure, sure. It's Hey, it's part of your moxie now, man. I mean, that's what that adds to your moxie, as I like to say. I got a buddy of mine. He used to like my moxie, not my ability, but my moxie. Uh, Believe me, you got ability and moxie. Uh, So so you're you're playing right now. I mean, hook or crook, uh, whether you get drafted or you or sign as a free agent, you plan to you plan to be in some NFL camp eventually. Uh, later this spring or uh, uh, or early summer, right? I mean that. I mean by plan, I mean that's what your goal is. Absolutely, that's the goal. And so I think you, you know, catch your breath here after pro day. We've been training really hard, yeah, uh, for a good two months here, and, and uh, you know, talk to my agent and kind of as stuff starts picking up towards the draft, like you said, um, start to kind of see what the interest level is, where where you fit, and get your body continue to grow and get into a shape where you're ready to go, um, and whatever that call is, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm not going, I'm not going to be a first round guy. I mean, I know that. And then, so, okay, here's what is, is he an end, end of round draft guy? Okay. If he's not, is he a, is he a second post day after the draft type guy? And you kind of just, you know, it's as long as you get your foot in the door, that's kind of how I've always lived as, as far as uh, since I got to Ohio state being a walk on and then kind of this next step. So you get that foot in the door and you, you know, give it all you've got and, and show coaches what you can do and, and be consistent in that. So that's, yes, that is the goal. What'd you run yesterday? Do you remember? I mean, did, uh, did you get any times? Any? Uh... Yeah, I, I would have liked to run a little bit faster on my forty. We haven't got the th- the three cone or L drill stuff back quite yet, but uh, I went four six eight and four seven one. So yeah, um, like I said, I would have liked to go a little bit faster in that, um, but you know, left it out on the field that day and, and beat a lot of goals and a lot of stuff. So I'm I'm, I'm really happy with with that. Yeah, it reminds me. I mean, there've been receivers throughout history who didn't run basically great forties, so to speak, but. Uh, who had the ability to get open. And I think, you know, Ryan Day has gushed about your ability to get open, Brian Hartline too, ever since you've been around. I mean, you know, and like I said, that's the moxie part of your game and stuff. And that's all the NFL is about is creating enough space to throw a ball to a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, exactly right. And you got guys on that level that can that can do it. Well, most teams do. Some teams do. Let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, uh, no, and let's get back to this, though. Uh, what did you find out about yourself, though, helping, you know, in essence, coach last year, for want of another term? You know, your dad's an extremely, uh, extremely well-known and respected baseball coach, you know, forever in, in, in high schools here in central Ohio. But, uh, did you know, I've told you all along, I even wrote a story about it, I think, once, that, uh, you know, you've some guys just have it in their 
in their genes to be a coach. They have that ability to tell people what to do in an author authoritative kind of way that the other people are receptive to it. And what I've heard is you have that ability. Uh, uh, did you find that 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 you did? I mean, you know, during that year of just sort of helping Brian Hartline more than anything else, uh, what, what, did it pay off for you a little bit in terms of enlightening you about your own uh, abilities? It definitely did. Uh, being able to be around the best every day and, you know, in a lot of those meetings, not saying a whole lot. And, you know, you got your staff meetings, your own staff meetings, but just being able to watch and how these are the best coaches in the game and how they operate and how they conversate and what they, you know, how they go about their business. Like you said, that's, that's, that's what I took the most out of. And, um, you know, I, I am, have been blessed as my kind of my leadership style to be able to connect with guys, like you said. And so I think, you know, Coach Harline, when we were in our receiver meetings or in, in our individual drills and in at practice, he gave me that freedom to he trusts me enough to say and kind of lead these guys in a good direction and coach them up on stuff I see. And so, man, I learned a lot about the game. I learned a lot about um, the X's and O's. But more importantly, I think I learned a lot about how to operate an extremely successful program, how to communicate with with your peers as a coach. You know, it's different than as a player, obviously, but how do you communicate as, a, as an adult in, in kind of in in a classroom type setting almost when you're watching film? So, I mean, I couldn't be more thankful for that experience. And, and it definitely did enlighten me on, okay, I'd always had an interest in coaching, no doubt. And with my dad, like you said, and just kind of being around sports my whole life, but being at that level definitely, you know, clicked something in me like, hey, this this could be something you really want to do for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, who is somebody behind the scenes that was that, you know, obviously you knew, you knew Coach Hartline from the beginning. You know, I would think you've had a relationship off and on with, with Coach Day. I mean, Ryan Day, you know. But who is somebody, once you got behind the, the closed doors of make coaches meetings or something, that just you went, wow, that guy, you know, he's more impressive than I even thought he was. You know, I, I – it's – it's funny. There's, uh, I got a lot of guys that really come to mind, but um, just somebody that I haven't even been around a whole lot outside of a few meetings. Yeah. Um, Coach Washington on the defensive side, conversation yeah. with him is just incredible about the game and about life in general. That was, that's one guy that, I, you know, this year through being on the staff, I was able to get uh, a, a lot closer with and develop a good relationship with and kind of just pick his brain on some stuff. Coach Alfred on the offensive side, another guy that, Obviously, outside of Coach Day and Coach Hartline, which I've spent a lot of time with, Coach Offer was a guy I didn't spend a whole lot of time with, you know, in a X's and O setting about the game. Man, yeah. that guy is super, super smart and, and super willing to give knowledge. And I think that's something that the Ohio State staff was was I'm grateful for. And I think they don't even do it on purpose, just how they are, that they're willing to share the game and, and help someone like me and, and the younger coaches on staff. Like he, Hey, here's what's successful. Here's why it's successful. So I would, if the two that just came to mind immediately were coach Washington and coach Alfred for me. Yeah. I was going to say, man, you know, and, and this isn't, uh, you know, cause I can say this about every, all those guys, uh, but those get two guys in particular, for example, conversations I've had with them, you know, sometimes just in interview situations, but occasionally just some conversation, you kind of leave like, any kind of conversation with those guys feeling, I don't know, sort of, just, even as a media guy, sort of uplifted. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know yeah. how to explain yeah. it, but sort of inspired for one of another term. Did, did, is, am I wrong about that? I mean, that's the way I felt. You know, I felt oh, that you're, conversation. You're with those dead guys. right. And that's how, that's how they operate with their players. And, and you know, the whole staff, that's what Ohio State staff is. And those two in, in particular is, I, I feel the same way. I think you feel motivated to go do your best. You feel yeah. motivated to go, 
you know, chase dreams to go try whatever, you know, whatever you've been holding back on or do whatever. And I think that's kind of that feeling you're talking about, whether you're an athlete or you're a player for those two coaches, or, you know, you're in the media or you're someone like me trying to be a coach one day you, you walk out of conversations with people like that, wanting to be better and not because they're saying, here's what you do wrong. You need to get better at this, but it's because, Hey, this is what you have in you. And this is what life is all about. So um, I think that's what makes those two some of the best in the country. Yeah, nothing better than that, man. Nothing better than inspiration. Uh, last thing, um, like I, I do, I joked with Ryan Day. He was on the teleconference. And I said uh, you and I, there was a shot of him and Urban talking there while Justin was working out. And I, I said, did you say to uh, uh, did you say to Urban, you want to reevaluate that number one pick? You know what I mean? Because everybody everybody knows <laughs> Urban is pretty much you know they're pretty much settled on Trevor Lawrence and stuff. Yeah. But is there any doubt in your mind that uh, Justin is going to be successful? I mean, just what's your – for people who don't know him as well as you do even, uh, what is it that other than being able to throw the ball 65 yards in the air to a speeding C.J. Saunders while falling backwards, what is it that makes this guy special, you think, that will carry him through on the next level? Yeah, the, the, uh, you, I mean, outside of what you said, obviously the the, the ability is off the charts. And, and I think the thing of the NFL is, at least from what I've heard from a lot of former players and people that have been at that level is, you know, everybody at that level has that ability. So how are you going to separate yourself? And that's one thing in the, in the, you know, the two short years that I've been able to, to know and get to work with Justin is, is he wants to learn more. He's hungry to learn more. He, he wants to know, he likes, you know, when we were working routes in the summer or whatever, if, if I have, a, if I have something to say, or some of our guys like, Hey, I'm coming out at this angle, or he's going to tell us, Hey, I want you out at this angle. It's little stuff like that. Yeah. That I think is really going to separate him uh, as he gets that next level. And, and, you know, if you're a rookie coming in, everybody has a lot to learn. You hear these guys, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, these guys are, you know, 15, 20 years in, and they're still saying they're learning. So, to say that he's going to go in there and have all the answers right away. I think he would even tell you that, Hey, that's not the case. And that's what I think is going to make him really good is he's going to be willing to learn. He's going to take every, every coaching point that you give him. And he's going to, he's going to remember, he's going to keep it with him. So I think kind of that off the field outside of the dudes have made it falling back, throwing it, you know, 60, 70 yards, whatever that is. But more than that, the dude's got a mindset of winning and he wants to win. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. And, and you can't, I don't know if you maybe you can teach that, but some people are just born with it. And he's he's born with that competitiveness, as as we've seen in his two years as a Buckeye quarterback, uh, many many times. So I'm excited for his career. I think you read that exactly the way his agent wrote it down for you to read it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Hey, last thing, did did y'all have a name for that play <clears throat> or code name for that play you ran? What was the what? Uh, I'm talking about the last big catch. Um, did uh, did, did did what's that route call? Just explain to people uh, what y'all talked about before you ran it. But what is that route call, by the way? Because you kind of you kind of yeah. start in and go ahead. We uh so so we had um you know obviously it's it's a post from the slot is essentially what you know yeah. deep post from the slot is essentially the basic of what it is at Ohio State. We we had termed that poker. Coach Day had put that in a few years back, and if uh, I, the only one that I really remember, we ran it against Iowa. Um, Johnny Dixon caught a big that if you go back to that game yeah. up at their place, he, he caught that big over over the field post. And so yeah. um, I'm not exactly sure what the action is with the quarterback, but it gives it's it's a big you know, it's a big money. It's a go get it just like it was at Pro Day yesterday. So that's kind of the focus. He, he's doing, you know, his play action. He's getting his feet, whatever. And we're we're going up, you know, to be exact, you can say whatever you're going up to about 15. And, and I kind of yesterday 
um, enacted as there was a man coverage trying to, you know, show a little yeah. some eyes to the other side. And then it's like you said, bolt to that other, that other pylon. So we had turned that, we turned that poker with that big post through the middle. Um, and like I said, I, I do remember specifically Johnny in, in, I don't know if that was 2017 or 18. It's been a while now, but um, he caught that one. We ran it a few other times at, at Ohio State and it's worked really well. So yeah, to be exact, poker is kind of the term that if, if Justin looked over at me and say, hey, give me that poker route, I would know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Hey, what's your landmark on that play though? As you, as you make your cut, are you looking at a, are you looking at the corner flag of the end zone? Are you looking at the number? You know what I mean? Uh, are you looking at the number on the field? Are you looking at the, the, uh, the, maybe the, uh, the, uh, the, what do you call it? The, uh, Pom yeah. pom, whatever. Yeah. I mean, at the goal line, what what is your landmark on that? So you're, you're, you know, your angle coming out is you'd always you always want it to be or a catch point is you want to you want to let the quarterback flatten you out if he has to. So I'm taking it to that back pylon, and that's yeah. where I'm taking it. Yeah. So that's kind of my aiming point going out, and I'm just on a dead sprint in that direction. And then yesterday he put the ball <laughs> as you saw exactly what it would have been on that exact line. So yeah, um, that's like you said, that's the pylon. That's where I know I got to get to as a receiver. Okay, I do what I got to do against a um, a DB at the line, or if I got an off coverage player or whatever that is. But I know at some point I got to find my way over to that catch point because that's where the ball is going to be in in however many seconds. So yeah, yeah the back pylon is is the money maker on that play. Yeah, he threw it almost straight down the numbers. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, and but it's just so cool to watch. It's kind of like watching a guy, you know, a, a heat seeking missile find the uh, fighter plane. You know what I mean? <laughs> except about it. Except you grabbed it. Hey, last thing. Are you? I asked you this earlier, but just reiterate: Are you leaving here? Are you? Did you leave that pro day? And are you feeling much more confidence, uh, much more boosted is is terms of getting another shot to play football than you were this time? You know, uh, you know, a week ago. Yeah, I think uh, coming out of a good pro day, perform well. You're able to, um, you know, catch a lot of passes and 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 be crisp in your routes and, and perform and, and do all the things you want to do. I am leaving feeling good. Does that mean anything's guaranteed? No, obviously. But uh, I think you put all that hard work in, like I said, the last two months, especially focusing really on, on these on these drills and getting ready for this moment. And it pays off. And I think you should feel good. I think that's part of competing. That was kind of like if I'm a big, you know, UFC, UFC fan and I hear all these these fighters talk about it, it's kind of hey, you're you get to that fight night. And yesterday was kind of that, that first, you know, that first fight for me in a long time and was able to, to have a successful, successful day. And so now relax like I said re recover um you know get get nourished up and kind of get ready for that next push that's coming up here and uh and leading up to the draft and kind of getting up to camp so yeah definitely feeling feeling good I'm having and, and if like I said it doesn't does that mean any NFL thing is actually going to happen no but I you know I, I was able to do what I wanted to do and perform well and, and have a lot of fun doing it Carpe DM you know and I'm probably mispronounced that means seize the day you know that's if I'm a scout, if I'm a coach out there on any level, I look at the ones who step up and seize the day when the spotlight is on. You know, th those are the guys who clearly have been able to put all the other stuff uh, to the side and understand what is important at that very moment to make something happen. You know, whether it's a game or a practice or, a, you know, a cutting cutting down day and stuff. And and uh, you carpe diem, without a doubt, uh, uh, the other day, CJ, man, Thanks for joining me on this Tim May special Tim May podcast, man. And you know me, man. We've we've had very little interaction, but the time it is, I've always tried to make it as quality as 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 much as as much as I can with you because I just think you're one of those special dudes, man. 
Yeah, thank you very much. I'm super, super blessed. And and yeah, we've had some <clears throat> really good conversation now over the years. We've gotten to know each other. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be be on here and spend some time with you. Well, good luck, brother, and uh, good luck in the draft. And we're going to we're gonna uh, stay in touch, if you don't mind, man. Uh, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, C.J. Saunders joining the Tim May Podcast. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, awesome, Ward. You know, we, uh, we definitely wish C.J. Saunders all the best as he pursues uh, one more shot at his football career, right? I'm going to say this one more time. If last year's eligibility didn't count for anybody, why – in yeah. the world did C.J. Saunders not get to play? I said this when it happened to you. <clears throat> we had this conversation a lot. He represents everything the NCAA claims to be about, which, by the way, they're having a really fun time, it seems, in court. Um, uh, and they're not – you know, I think that this is one more example of how stupid their decision-making is. This guy was a walk-on. He was a captain. He was a graduate. And you say, these are the people that you want in the NCAA. And then you say, eligibility doesn't count. But you don't let this kid play. I, yeah. I never get it. But I, you know, he's never said a crossword about it publicly, and he never will. He said that's part of his journey. And now he got a unique opportunity. And I, uh, that was a very long-winded way, of course, from me of saying yes, we want C.J. Saunders to get every opportunity possible. Yeah, it is funny how things work out, you know, and that that, you know, just when you for almost not, you know, you and I'll never forget uh, C.J. Saunders, but just when you've kind of forgotten him as a football player. Boom, you know, and then the play of the day, you know, I mean, as far as the one everybody was buzzing about after that buzzing, they were cheering, you know, I mean, uh, like you say, when you throw a, a completed pass, it takes two to tango, one to throw it and one to catch it. And C.J. Saunders ran that down, like I told him, like Willie Mays running running down that Vic Wirtz hit to the deep end of the polo ground center field. And, uh, you know, that he has a moment, no matter what, that, that will live, you know, in pro day uh in pro day uh, history, but uh, I digress uh, real quick. You know, tell me something about uh, about Justin Fields that you saw yesterday that you you know had to be more confirmed for you. You know, as a guy who's watched him play now for two years, just like I have, and I'll tell you a couple of things I took from it. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean that was Justin Fields. Like I, I just it's baffling to me that we're having this conversation about. I don't believe that that scout who gave him a fourth round grade is real. Uh, I don't either. That, that can't be – that person should be fired if he's actually real and not some sort of bizarre smokescreen. But either way, he's been so scrutinized. And two years is, is not like some tiny sample size. Uh, he had, uh, you know, what you'd consider maybe two bad games for any quarterback, but certainly compared to what Justin Fields normally does. Nothing he did yesterday should come as any kind of surprise. He's not a, uh, you know, workout warrior just showing up to run a fast 40 at a combine. Those are all throws that he's made in games, in important games, uh, in, you know, Sugar Bowl games against uh, high-level competition. Uh, you know, the, the, the read stuff, there's nothing he could do to fix that, but it's also um, very stupid uh, and ill-informed by whoever – believes that Justin Fields doesn't have to do normal quarterback things. Um, so if that's the way that it's going to work, that's fine. But I think I, I watched a little bit of Mac Jones throw before uh, on the NFL network, before Justin started throw, throwing his workout hmm. They're They almost look like they're not even playing the same sport. Yeah. So I don't understand who could, 
watch those two things happen. And I know that they're not in pads. I know there's not a defense on the field. Um, but when you put together his film with this information, what the two look like, what they can physically do, I just – there's no person in the world that would say, I want this guy from Alabama's Pro Day over what I just saw at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. No, you know – yeah. But you know what happens, uh, number one. It is amazing because I think Mac Jones, I think, had the most accurate passing year in SEC, in Southeastern Conference history. I'm talking about, I'm, and I may be wrong, but it's right there. You know, he's right good. There. I'm not yeah. saying he's no, good. no, no. But then yesterday, or, or as we talk, it was yesterday uh, uh, with Bill Belichick and all these guys watching Kyle Shanahan. You know, he was anything but accurate. You know, for most of the day. And uh, meanwhile, Justin's out there. And he's throwing, like you said, all these receivers, Johnny Dixon, uh, C.J. Saunders, Luke Farrell. I think Jake Hausman, I think, was running routes. Um, uh, Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon uh, and uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And, but he looked like – they looked like a seven-on-seven practice, you know, that, uh, that we watched – well, I watched one day in the Woody way back in February of last year uh, before the uh, pandemic hit. And uh, it just – just like another day at the beach for uh, Justin Fields and uh, just the rapidity in which he was throwing the ball. I'm talking about from play to play, but then the accuracy for the most part. Yeah. He was slightly behind on a few crossing routes and stuff that can be, uh, that can be ironed out, ironed out a little bit, but, uh, but I mean, just the deep balls were just almost on point, you know, and uh, et cetera. I mean, he was clearly a man who stepped up to that moment and took advantage of it. And like you said, Here's the thing, though. The reason you start hearing more talk about, like, Mac Jones and the kid from is it South Dakota State? North Dakota State. Yeah, North Dakota State. I get those two mixed up. Don't get mad at me. I know where Wyoming is. Uh, <laughs> That's all I care about. Yeah, exactly. I know you do. You know, the, ladies and gentlemen, a cowboy from Wyoming sitting right there, awesome ward. But uh, is these teams aren't necessarily looking at Justin Fields and Tra- Trevor Lawrence because they're not going to get them. You know what I mean? Unless – and there has been some – yeah, there's been some movement with I think with San Francisco moving around and and getting what the third pick if I'm not. But the point is, you kind of like start analyzing who you have a shot at, not necessarily who you don't. So then, that means the buzz about another guy kind of falls off the wagon a little bit. But like you said, this idea we talked about this before that Justin Fields uh, doesn't go through his progressions, can't read defenses. Like like I'm telling people till I'm almost blue in the face. You know, Ryan Day and uh, Kevin Wilson and and uh, Corey Dynasty's guys, they're such good play schemers. That you don't have you don't go to the second guy. The the first guy in the progression is usually wide open for Ohio State or has been. And so, yeah, you don't go A, B, C, and D like like uh, Justin said when he was asked about it yesterday on our on our uh, teleconference after the fact. You know, you if if that guy's open, he's designed to be open. You throw it to him and you celebrate. You know, down at the end zone, right? Am I so? The, you know. It's just crazy. And, uh, yeah, the Northwestern game, he looked lost without his primary receiver, Chris Olave, out there. And uh, who else was missing that game? Jackson Smith and Jigba was missing, I think, in that game. You know what uh, else was missing? I've said this before. Like, you have to put it in context. Like, Justin Fields was not causing those issues. We Correct. said directly to Ryan Day and, and addressed it. That was not his best play calling performance in the first half. He was struggling without Chris Olave. Yes. But they were not using what was what Northwestern was giving them, which was to let Trey Sermon run wild. They were designing – it was a 
it was a unique game plan that was like, all right, this time we're not going to let Justin Fields win. You're going to have to march your way down the field or use your running game. And, 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 and Ohio they, State was quick enough. That's not yeah. Justin Fields' fault. Yeah. And I think they practiced like one day that week, if you remember, you know, if you remember correctly. One, one good practice. <laughs> uh, and number three, just think if he had – if he had trusted what he was seeing that Trey Sermon was doing, Trey Sermon might have had 500 yards rushing that day. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it was that. But you're right. I mean, there are all kinds of things. But it, but that's, you know, why why do people seize on that moment? This is what always intrigued me because you got to be contrarian for people to pay attention to you. You know what I mean? But right. you seize on that moment instead of the ridiculous game that Justin had against Clemson in the yeah. college football playoff semifinals. The ridiculous game he had, six touchdown pass. You know, why don't you seize on that as more indicative of what you're going to see? You're going against light competition without a doubt. You've got fairly a fairly full complement of your weapons around you, and you exploited it like never before as a high state quarterback. Yeah, it's it's always, you know, fascinating to watch how this plays out where yeah, and this happens with Ohio State, even when we're talking about college football playoff, where you latch on to you know, somebody's worst outing and think that that, you know, I don't know what that tells you. Did, did, uh, I haven't heard a lot about, you know, Zach Wilson finishing last year with four interceptions against San Diego state and Hawaii. And, um, you know, I think, I think that, uh, you know, that level of competition, I love the mountain West, by the way, everybody knows that that's not the same as going through a big 10 schedule or playing the college football playoff or a big 10 championship game. So, you know, if that's what you want to do, if you want to take somebody's worst outing and then tell you what that means for them as a pro, do that. Then yeah. Do it for Trey Lance. Do it for Trevor Lawrence. Do it for Justin Fields. But this, he seems to be the only one where this matters. Yeah. And I don't – Yeah, I don't even know. See, here's the thing. The problem is everybody knows that uh, – you heard me ask uh, Ryan Day whether uh, – and I talked to C.J. Saunders about this, whether he whispered to uh, – whether he was whispering to – Urban, whether you want to reconsider that number one pick, you know, because they had a shot of them together while Justin was going through his workout. And, and of course, we all know it looks like Urban Meyer and Jacksonville have settled on Trevor Lawrence as their guy. But, you know, let me draft. I I think that decision was made in uh, November 15th. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly, roughly. And uh, so, you know, there's that. But uh, uh, but it's it's. That leaves these other guys to look at, you know, for more for one of another term and uh, for one of another another explanation. I want, I want to get to this uh, real quick. Uh, who who in your estimation from watching and people we talked to, but also you know people we've talked to that were there, or uh, you know, because I talked to a couple of guys that were there from a scouting standpoint. Uh, you know, they thought Wyatt Davis helped himself. At least a couple of my guys I talked to thought Wyatt Davis really helped himself. It's it's still mind boggling to me that he's not considered more as a first round talent somewhere. And when you, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, the Josh Myers, you know, we didn't, you know, I had Josh Myers on my podcast right after the season was over, uh, but we didn't know about the turf toe situation that, it, you know, boy, I, I, I bet his career kind of flashed before his eyes a little bit, you know, cause he ended up having to have surgery. Didn't get to work out everywhere, do everything yesterday, but he did get to work out a little bit as he recovers from the surgery he had from, uh, as he explained it in detail, which I won't get into, but the word evulsion was was used. <laughs> uh, but but who's the guy, in your opinion? Because I, I think Wyatt Davis helped himself big time because he was coming off a a knee a knee uh, a knee problem that, as he said, didn't need surgery, just needed rest, and he looked really quite the part. But 
it, isn't it hard to imagine him slipping all the way through the first round as good as he was the last two years? I mean, if he goes all the way through the first round, I think that Urban Meyer will sp- will sprint to yeah. the podium or, or or his phone or however they're doing it this year. Yeah, that went in. I mean, that's that is a 10, 12 year NFL starter cornerstone yeah. for your offensive line. I I can't. I, I think the same is true for Josh Myers. And then both of them, just to you know, quickly follow off of that point, talking about their injuries, what they did for Ohio State, you know, playing through that NFL team, certainly from an offensive line standpoint, are going to love hearing that, what they give uh, selflessly and physically. So I, I agree with you. Generally, it's hard for offensive linemen to make a big splash on pro day, but those guys probably did exactly what they needed to do. And so did Baron Browning. Oh, yeah. Who's going through this process, you know, Yet again, of, of what position do you play? Where do you go? And, you know, at this point, that's just part of life for him. Um, and that was – I knew that this was going to happen. And I thought I, – I hope for him that he could do it at the Combine where, you know, the, the whole world was watching at once what he can physically do. Yeah. You know, just huge, huge impact there with the 40-time vertical jump, uh, broad jump, which he said even surprised himself. Um, guy tested off the charts. He and Pete Warner both did. I think that um, a lot of money was made by those two. And, and, and hey, Justin Hilliard bench repped more than Wyatt Davis, which I never would have – I would have lost that bet 100 times in a row. Uh, guy coming off – I mean, it's been a couple of years removed, but both biceps, um, yeah. he's been during his career, and he's ripping off was it 27 reps on yeah. 225. He wanted 28. You know, he, he felt kind of bad he didn't get to that 28. But go ahead. You're right. Kudos to Justin Hilliard, man. I mean, you're talking about oh. C.J. Bonner's getting off the mat. Uh, Justin Hilliard is is truly an inspirational story. I'm not – that's not hyperbole. No. Guy that yeah, – we don't need to go through it again. He's just an, an incredible story. Um, and he, he did what he needed to do on a pro day as well. And big day for those linebackers. And, you know, you know and, uh, for example, Luke Farrell. I mean, you and I both know we we. I'm not bragging on us, but we understand football. You know, you know, yeah. Everybody's looking for a starting tight end, but a lot of people are looking for that second tight end now. You know, to augment. And I think without a doubt, Luke Farrell fits that bill. I mean, uh, and I think he might. I think he proved that. Yes, you know, I keep saying yesterday. Who knows when this going to run? He proved that at the Ohio State Pro Day that you know he can catch the ball. He can run some routes. But then the video shows him blocking like a demon, like a like a you know a tackle one a you know what I mean. And uh, I think I think that probably helped a lot of people make up their minds on Luke Farrell, just the way he performed on the OSU Pro Day. That uh, yeah, along with all this other video you see of him, he can catch the ball. He's a he's a sure-handed receiver. As a matter of fact, you can put a a pretty good highlight tape together. Uh, together about him at, in his career at Ohio State of catching big-time passes, you know. And uh, so there's another guy that get, was, you know, whenever, whenever you got this comet streaking across the sky, which is Justin Fields, you know, uh, you, you just see a lot of guys that you think. A lot of stars when you're looking up at the sky. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And uh, But, you know, if these scouts are making their, you know, are earning their cash, they're paying attention to those other guys. It's the media that seizes on that highlight, you know, that highlight tape, that highlight reel uh, of the the guy, you know, that's at the top, which everybody knows. I mean, Justin Fields is going to go within the first six picks, I do believe. I mean, I don't know if you agree or not. You agree? I I would be stunned if he did not. <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know, where's the debate on him really when you get right down to it, except for the nuance, you, you know, you were you and I were talking about. It's it's the other guys that you're interested in. And I, I agree with you. I think all four linebackers helped themselves yesterday, but I think especially Justin Hilliard uh, and uh, Pete Werner and Baron Browning, I think tough Borland is going to get taken because I think he can be a good special teams guy to begin with and maybe work himself into a player in the league. So, I, I mean, I agree with Greg Madison who had on my earlier podcast uh, this week that all four of those guys could be basically long-time players in the NFL. You know, a long time in the NFL is three to five years, you know what I mean, or more. But uh, I think you agree with that. They all bring something to the table that's interesting. But Pete Warner continues to intrigue me because, like he pointed out, you know, he tackles in space about as well about as well as anybody on the team the last couple of years. And, boy, in the NFL now, you're looking for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. That's a lot of talent. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, we're looking forward to the uh, to the rest of spring. You know, we're going to talk some more players here this week and the next weeks go by. But uh, awesome work. Thanks for joining me on this special Tim May podcast. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, until we until next week, I'll see you then.